Ben McCann. Greetings. Welcome to Wake the Dead. Today, I am very pleased to, uh, we are we are joined today by Mr. William Ramsey. Uh, William Ramsey uh, of William Ramsey Investigates podcast, and you can find him at williamramseyinvestigates.com. Uh, he's a great friend of the show, and I'm very glad to uh, have him here again today. Welcome, William. Thanks for having me. Great to talk with you again, Sean. Awesome. Today, we have, to start, we have to start recording our pre shows. <laughs> yeah. We spend so much time talking before we even hit the button. I really do. I should just like have like a pre planned with a guest or when I'm a host. It's like right when we come online, I'm just going to hit the record button. <laughs> yeah, I'd just I mean, try it that way. That would be interesting. You should. And yeah. sometimes I've done that in the past with other guests, and like there'll be like, some little snippet of something awesome that I'll just have to save. And sometimes I'll tack it on the end of the interview just to like add it to it. And it happens too after I'm done with shows, man. I've had conversations for like another half an hour, 45 <laughs> minutes. Like sometimes I got like, I gotta go, dude. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, anyway it's good to be with you again. I mean, we've done awesome. how many shows have you done for William Ramsey? That's 15, 20. They're all excellent people. Yes, so, thank man, you. these are great. <laughs> I'm so glad. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm. I've all. I've been a listener for years, and I'm honored to be uh, invited every time. So uh, thank you so much. Cool. And um, and you know, listening listening to your investigations has uh, opened up a lot of doors and helped me uh, understand a lot of different things. And um, this investigation uh, that that we're going to be discussing today, you have just produced a new book. Uh, titled The Smiley Face Killers, Investigating Suspicious Water Deaths of College-Aged Men in the U.S. and the World. Uh, when was this released? Uh, is this uh, September 5th, so it's been out maybe a month and a half. I haven't awesome. really published. I kind of put it out and read it, and then I did an edit and added another 50 pages. So it's really ready for the public now, but I had to go through stuff and count all the cases, too, and add things up and make an index, but yeah. Right. Published September 5th. That's great. <clears throat> so this uh, this is kind of a timely book in the sense that um, this, this phenomenon is happening more often now, right? Yeah. It's, it's yeah. kind of cranking up. Is that right? Exactly. That's kind of why I put it together. Like I had made two documentaries, so it's kind of a more visual thing. And people can see those two documentaries on Vimeo or my Patreon, actually. But at a certain point, I was like doing shows going, hey, something's going on in Chicago. Uh, Austin, there are cases in Vancouver, um, and a few assorted all around kind of college towns. And I was like, wow, this has really got to, you know, it's it's all over social media. It was huge on TikTok and things like that place, uh, you know, uh, platforms that I'm not on. But like people were really talking about the Chicago cases. There were like 10 or 15 cases back to back to back to back. Wow. So, and I followed one. One was Seamus. Uh, Gray was his name. He's a young man. But yeah, it's a. Uh, I felt like I needed to kind of I really the thing was like some of the stuff I needed to just put together in one place so people could kind of carry it around and look at it. That's the whole point of the book. Right. That's helpful. Uh, you also did the same where you you compiled all the information about the uh, the West Memphis three in your book Abomination. And that's very helpful to many anybody that wants to look into that because there's so much 
uh, fake crap on the internet about that whole thing with the the innocence project movement and the you know the videos that they created the and all the Hollywood uh, dark occult machinations that got them out of jail you know um, so it's tough to find actual truth about that unless you're actually looking at the court documents you know so it's uh, it's useful for your uh, the people everybody should check out your book abomination and <laughs> see the truth about the West Memphis three uh, Damien Eccles is a murderous disgusting person and uh, you shouldn't have any sympathy for him <laughs> that's beside the point so okay uh, so what let's just what is the phenomenon of smiley face killer uh, like could you explain that real quick for the listeners if, in case they haven't heard that yet? Sure. It caught its name from two guys, the original two guys that came together. One was in Wisconsin and the other was in New York. Gilbertson was and is. He's actually a, um, uh, what do you call it, like a gang specialist. He's a criminologist, but he was a gang specialist. And noticed, noticed some of these this kind of phenomenon happening. And Gannon was in New York noticing the same phenomenon. phenomenon. They came together. And they noticed that there was this kind of smiley face that was associated with some of the deaths, like a spray painting. They show it in their book. It's called Case Studies in Forensic Drownings. Uh, and so that's kind of how it got its name. And the name has kind of stuck for this phenomenon. And I would describe it as a young man being out at night with friends, often not alone, uh, who suddenly starts acting strange, disappears from the group, uh, has seen maybe acting strangely. And then disappears and later is found in water and often in times previously searched. So that's kind of it. It's very male-centered. It doesn't really happen to women. There are a few cases. There was one I can think of in the UK, one in Sacramento. But these like male-associated cases are incredible. There's hundreds of cases since kind of what the original case maybe is. This guy, Patrick McNeil, in 1997. He was a Fordham University student. But uh, it's really kind of a new phenomenon. So I think that uh it's really an inter it's some kind of new form of crime that really didn't exist back in the day i guess maybe back in we were more rural and people were not as mobile and uh now it's like people are out later at night at bars and things like that and that seems to win this happens hmm. so uh so this happens uh all over the place right it can't be mm -hmm. just one killer Right. No way. There's no way. And it's too close. Like there was things happening in Austin at the same time they were happening in Chicago. And there's cases that happen on the same weekend. So, and there's often like dates that happen New Year's Eve or Halloween where they happen at the same time. So uh, there's no way. And it happens in globally. Like when I first was researching, there was a common kind of concept that it was the I-95 killer. Like somebody was moving from New York through Ohio and up through, um, Minnesota and Wisconsin, because that's where the cases were. And uh, I think I disabuse, you know, disabuse that notion in this book by showing that it's happening all over. I mean, Austin is not very close uh, to those kind of northern central states. Uh, but it's also happening in the UK. There's a lot of UK cases. There's something they call in the UK the Manchester Pusher. So there's been cases where and that was a canal city. They used to be a huge in manufacturing, so they would ship stuff out. And people be, are found in the canals there. Bath is also kind of a water city. Cases in London, Scotland. And, you know, I found people who speak French found some cases for me in France. So there's a network of researchers, too, which is also interesting. And that's kind of one of the layouts of this, of this book that I tried to do, is to show the different researchers in time who've looked into 
this phenomenon, starting with Gilbert and Gannon, and really Duarte, who was Gannon's partner. Sometimes I overlook him because he wasn't involved in the making of the book, but he was involved. So I showed them. I also show Coast to Coast early researchers. I show um, Jim Smith, who is a very important researcher. A lot of people might not know him. I've had him on my show, so you can listen to those. Igor Sarsky, who knew a lot of or knows a lot about um, the Order of Nine Angles, which may tie in. I don't know. But uh, there's also an interesting blogger out of Boston. Her name now, I think, is Elias Yeager, but before she was uh, Elise Soper. So she changed her name, but she had this kind of interesting blog called The Cryptid Antiquarian. So she was kind of doing cryptid stuff like, you know, strange beings, uh, Bigfoot. And mm -hmm. she had this post of like the, the mister, mysterious Boston drowning, drowning them. And she just put it out. Well, that became like a, it drew all kinds of attention. So that was her number one biggest post of, of interest. And it just created like a little centralized place where people were talking about the cases. And she had like, I think at this point, she still has it up. She has like 2,000 or 2,500 comments, people telling their stories. I was out at night. I got drugged. I don't know what happened. I don't know where I was. Wow. So I, I would, so I included her in the book, but I think she's an important part of the story. And there's other researchers too. I had like this guy, Jack Murphy, who wrote about it. He was a special forces guy. So he had that kind of perspective, something that I, I wouldn't know much about in the military. Uh, Nicole Wisen C. Egan, who writes for the Daily Beast, she wrote an interesting article. Also, Dr. Oz and Dr. Phil had these guys on and was talking to them, so I include them in this. So I tried to cover a lot of very diverse sources. That's great. So <clears throat> I guess that's something different about, uh, you know, in the old days, there weren't a collaboration of interested people online looking into these things. Like, you know, back in the son of sam days you know there was just police officers you know that that had no idea and now we have uh people like yourself and people that are interested like uh the listeners maybe and they can dig into the you know the evidence that because pe there's these trails of evidence that are posted online uh for all of us to see um i think that's really that's that's a big difference. Do you, I mean? Do you think that's a benefit for the for finding the killer, or is it a? Uh... I think so. I think it's really important because people are putting their stories up in various spots, mm -hmm. and so that like Lee Soper is this perfect example where there's a meeting of the mind, so people can tell their story. So it's not some kind of. I think that it's perception in the public mind. These are isolated incidents. These are one-offs in each city. But when you show that other people are experienced who may not have died who survived, there's a long list of survivors, right. uh, like people who were drugged. Like there was a guy in Austin who wasn't part of these recent cases. His name was Christian Pugh. He was found in a field 60 hours after he was missing, and when he woke up, he had no idea what happened in 60 hours. Like no. he was coma. I don't. Who knows what happened to him? Maybe somebody kept him drugged that amount of time. Was his body okay? Uh, no, he was a mess. He went to the right to the hospital. I think he had a broken bone and, and a lot of scars. But Christian Pugh is an important part of that story. And there's been other. I think comedian Tom Dillon did a, a podcast with a survivor who woke up next to a river, didn't know how he got there. Uh, I don't know what his name. He didn't want. He was kind of want, liked his anonymity. Yeah. Uh, there was another case in the Gannon Gilbertson book of a guy who survived. So I think that these cases are important because then you can kind of, I think I'm trying in my book to put them all together so people can see like, hey, this is a real phenomenon. Like I thought when I first heard the Smiley Face Killers, 
I thought it was an urban myth. Like, okay, yeah, right. This is like big right. flood or Loch Ness monster, yeah, Slenderman or whatever. Yeah, Slenderman. People are having fun. Mothman. People are having fun. It's a scary story. Mm. And then I kind of just saw the cases. I started watching the cases. My interest came out of my book about the children of the beast because I kept seeing the smiley face in different areas with these occultists. I saw it with Genesis Peorge, Alan Moore. I'm like, well, why is this prevalent? Is this really, is this happening in real time? And it really is. Like, the smiley face is very much a part of the common world culture now, almost like the global New World Order culture. Right. And one evidence of it was, and I show this in my book, if you read the book, it's uh, Ed Sheeran's song called Bad Habits, which literally is, like, full of smiley faces and ONA ideology. It's really off the charts. So I do an analysis of that. And that the interesting thing about that, it's not like, some small piker doing a song. This that song was listened all over the world right. and has half a billion listens on YouTube alone. Right. So it's like this huge kind of uh metaphysical mimetic sigilization of ideas. Like spell global pop yeah, like a spell to the right. whole population of the world. Right. Yeah. So uh let's let's talk about that for a second. I uh like when I when I was on your show talking about um uh, white noise that film had a smiley face on the keychain as they're escaping uh and then we talked about uh utopia and that had uh featured the yellow smiley face as the bag where they pulled the implements of ultraviolence out of and then we also talked about um alan moore and the watchman and that this Actually, what's featured in your image there on the cover of the book is a uh, smiley face with a drop of blood. And that, um, and then when you look at the Masonic Order of the Jesters and their whole philosophy of uh, nothing matters, it's all a big joke. And uh, morality is, is like silly, basically. Um, do you do, do you think that's the idea that they're pushing with the by spreading that symbol everywhere? I think so. I think yeah, it's I supposed to smile through tragedy. So you know bad things are happening, but you're supposed to stay happy. And I've seen some other occultists describe what the smiley face really means in an esoteric sense. So there's clearly an exoteric and an esoteric meaning. So right. like you could just see it and just oh, it's a happy face, be happy. But then somebody who's an occultist is like, yeah, right, I know exactly what this means. And right. that is a theme. Like the guys from PSYOP Cinema have done tons of work on just the Joker archetype. Right. That goes through, and it goes through serial killers, too. Like uh, Gacy was a clown, right? Exactly. Like he just, yeah, he was a yeah. like, literal clown, like smiling all the time. And really, right. I mean, and he actually and kind of ties into these cases uh, in a strange way. As a serial killer, we know what some of the stuff he got caught for. But the last four victims of his, he didn't bury. He threw them in the rivers in South Chicago. And there were also, uh, he seemed to be, he would go out on journeys like for, for weekends to vacation spots and troll for kids. And there was this weird spate of children back in his time were found in lakes around Ohio, Kentucky, uh, you know, Tennessee, these areas. And there was a... a a detective in Chicago who's following these to see if Gacy was associated with them. So this, these cases, those might be the original smiley face killer cases, but they just didn't have that name right. attached to the phenomenon. And if here is the scene um, in bad habits where Sharon just flies through this balloons of smiley faces. Look, wow. just awesome. Yellow smiley face balloons. 
And then he ends up giving one to a kid like he's being initiated or something. Like, here, little kid, you're next. You're the next vampire. Wow. Watch. There he is. Yep. <laughs> Incredible. It's a spell, dude. Just like you said. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, they transfer the spell. Like, they, they that's that's almost representative of the mind control that the Ed Sheeran music gives to the kids like here, you know, it's like, it's inculcating them into the, into the Satanism, you know, really oh, no, crazy. <clears throat> and the, those guys from Psyop cinema have kind yeah, of researched Thomas, Sheeran. Yeah, yeah. Thomas and Brett are great. And uh, yeah. they're also good friends of wake the dead. Everybody should check oh, out Psyop cinema. Yeah. But there's another song that Ed Sheeran, I'm trying to find it right now, but he does another song that has a smiley face. So why is this popping up in the common culture? Right, like that's the question. Right, it's, and uh, if you if you look at the Watchmen, uh, that character that wore the smiley face, the comedian, the comedian, he <clears throat> he is morally relative. Uh, he you know he rapes a woman that he loves, and you know that's that's a big portion of the of the story, you know, and then his daughter like there's a lot to it it's not i mean plus he like he's killing with a machine gun and like laughing while he does it right, <laughs> yeah. he liked it he liked being in vietnam yeah right. that's the whole thing of the comedian is like he would commit horrible things and, and if you think about, about think about the uh the vietnam operations like what uh uh phoenix dave mcgowan was was illustrating yeah the phoenix program uh ultra violence you know to create fear and chaos like uh and then if you if you look at um michael aquino and that whole thing and that that whole era of the vietnam war um those type of operations they don't stop you know they once the war is done they point it inward at us you know it, it that's uh again that's what dave mcgowan was putting in his book their uh program to kill and um so that <clears throat> you were saying about john wayne gacy he was connected to occult orders he wasn't just a lone lone nut uh lone killer he uh when he was arrested he was like oh who else did you get Right. He said that. That's right. And one of the victims who survived him said that he was with Gacy and the door opened and closed. Hmm. So like there was definitely somebody there who knew something. Right. And Gacy was like, there's a picture of him with uh, Rosalind Carter. He's right. like, he's a he's an alderman or something. He's yeah, he was friends with the Reagans too, wasn't it? Uh, I don't know, Reagan. but he's throwing parties <laughs> and stuff. So he was, he was not some kind of like, Loner, he was hiding in plain sight, and that's what's right. scary about some of these serial killers is that, like Hewerman, this guy recently who's involved in all kinds of dark stuff, Gilgo Beach or Lisk killer, he was hiding in plain sight, going to work in Manhattan, you know, had a normal suburban life, the kid just probably killing people. My guess, they usually start like in their 20s, right? So he's 59, so Hewerman, he might have been doing the same thing as Gacy is like going to other, I mean, they had a place in La Vegas, so maybe he was going to like other places and whacking people but yeah yeah they see something else it's and another like, case that's actually similar yeah just to interrupt is oh, you're um, fine. the atlanta child killings right they were all these kids were dumped in water right that's how they caught well i forgot what his name was george of cab death dude i did the show with him but they caught him in water but there was other things like these were weird networks there were weird people involved in other houses where it couldn't have just been one guy so 
these right. cases might be the same. Yeah. I just wanted to show here too. This is Ed Sheeran eyes closed. He has another smiley face. What's going on here? Like I'm noticing a pattern. Like this isn't just associated with the smiley face. Have you seen Ed Sheeran's smiley face tattoo? No, no. Okay, I heard I heard the episode you did with Thomas, and that was very, uh, very informative. You guys talked about Ed Sheeran uh, at length. It was a very good episode. This is just one of many, though. That's the whole thing. Is like this. These all mm -hmm. these guys have these, you know, smiley face tattoos. Here it is. Yeah, and it's like uh, they're they're displaying to everyone their allegiances. It's almost like the. Uh, Corporate logos are showing their allegiance to Freemasonry, you know, that type of thing where they they're putting it on display to um, it's almost like a dark shine, like they're proud of their darkness. And look how I mean, like Genesis P. Orridge, you know, that that whole thing there. And then <clears throat> that other guy we also talked to about um, a different film. Uh, what the hell was it? it had, that's Ed Sheeran's tattoo right there, smile. It's like a, right. a pure yellow smiley face. Yeah, and that's that. Uh, I'm trying to bounce around to keep from getting a copyright strike. That's so people are oh, not showing the whole thing. Fine. <laughs> no, I, YouTube. I mean, who knows? He's it. Wayne Williams. Thanks, Carl. That was the guy from. Uh, um, so uh, the so this is obviously uh, it's not Lone Killer. It's probably part of a, a larger cult and these symbols that they're sharing are messages to others that are in the know in this cult do you agree with that i think so yeah okay so um you also mentioned that certain times of year like halloween and new year's there is more than one happening uh do you think that that is because of the occult significance of these dates i think so yeah i think so and if there may be moon phases or things like that, like that's the way these people think. I think that's the way right. they think. I don't think like that. But right, not. right. I'm not accusing you. No, I'm not, no, I'm yeah, not yeah. saying you are. I'm just saying that the mindset is you're like a lot of people look at these cases and it's a psychological habit. Yeah. We think that everybody's a reflection of ourselves because that's the way we think. So everybody's supposed to think it's just kind of like a baseline. That's not the truth. There's like a different ways of thinking for all kinds of different people. Right. And some people have very strange thoughts. Like <laughs> I'd go into this guy, talk about moon phases or whatever, or dates. His name was Mark Latunsky. He was busted. He literally abducted a guy off grinder and ate his testicles. But there was a really, wow. I put it in my book because I think it was important. He was on a show. No, he was featured on a show called Interrogation Raw. So the cops are interrogating him. And about his victim, he said, it was a new moon, and I wanted to honor his demands. And his just, who's his like his right, victim's same. demand. So he oh, okay. was honoring his victim. Like wow. you're literally cutting him up in little pieces. You have him chained in a dungeon, right. and he's thinking about the word honor. So in the context, it's just totally bizarre. Right. And I was looking at the guy who's the cop doing the interrogation. I said, "You got to drill into this, bud. You, you're not asking him why he thinks like this." And right. that on that honor role, that honor notion is repeated over and over. It's redolent with an O9A ideology. Right. It's your this is your honorable, self-honor, and you do things out of honor. And I was like, you have no idea what this guy really thinks. They just let it go. So I think he was probably doing some crime. And I don't think he killed one person. Like this is the one they got caught for. So <clears throat> um 
So this, yes, there are. I think that what your point is like there are dates and things like that are very important. Yeah. Right. So uh, the things that we as normal thinking people would think, oh, that's crazy. There might be a lot of significance to it, like the uh, just the smiley face itself or the fact that they're in water or the fact that they're uh it's done on certain days of the year and um normal police officers might not think to uh investigate that but agreed yeah. i think that it's it's not you know as i've talked to other people i did a show on the landing report landing is still around fbi agent who says that like there's no occultism or anything involved and uh in cases and stuff and so they've they kind of left that out of their analysis as kind of the mens rea or the the intent. Like there's nobody doing that intentionally, and it's just it's hogwash. Like the Sons of Sam is all occultism, right? And uh, that's just one example. Arliss Perry. I mean, you can go on and on. Like there's all kinds. Of, I'm going to put together a dictionary of occult crimes just so people can go. Hey, there's some weird stuff going on, and you can read about it in Program to Kill. Yeah, that. Um, <clears throat> The, the gentleman that was talking about eating testicles, uh, that that reminds me of John Podesta. <laughs> I know it's, it's a weird... In what way? Uh, John Podesta has a painting on his wall behind him in this image where there the, there's a person laying down on like a table and then two people. One of them has a scalpel. And is like leaning in toward to cut the crotch of the gentleman that's on the ground that's laying down, and then there's another person with a plate. <laughs> so I think that that is something. Uh, there's a lot um, in the in the ancient uh, uh, the ancient transgender cults of uh, Sybil and uh, you know Magna Mater and that type of thing. Uh, Atis, there it is. Yeah. <laughs> That's the image right there. And uh, that's he displays it proudly on the wall. Like, and I think that dude on the right in the picture is wearing a mask. Right. Just they look like faceless, like they have. Yeah. No, yeah. And is that the demons? Like, what? I mean, what is that? So, I mean, and we know about his brother's art collection, and we know how psycho these people are. Abramovich. <laughs> yes. Blood, Abramovich. Ritual, spirit cooking. Etc. Right. And when we look at their mentality, we can see that there is like a demented logic to their to to their stuff. You know, like if you read about Abramovich, like cutting your middle finger deep and take the pain, and then you see Podesta's hands are all mangled and destroyed. It looks like you hit it with a with a hammer or a mallet or something. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, it makes sense that these that the uh, this to us seems totally batshit crazy but to them there's order and meaning and we're uh we are the uninitiated stupid ones who are living life according to like our love and care meanwhile they're like ordering themselves to like trauma and torture right just the most dark shit dark stuff imaginable like we did performance right donald camel right tons of like drowning death stuff like all kinds of crazy stuff in in lucifer rising i've uh why did the eye like just right. like and then damien eccles and uh and all of the hollywood um you know like elite yeah the hollywood elite that die in their bathtub you know right. um, there's a lot to that i think that 
the it like the water is the mirror you know like the whole idea of the inversion and uh, the the way that satanism uh the orders of satanism seem to use the mirror as a very powerful tool for uh for for many different um uh workings i guess you know uh, because trying, of what, yeah absolutely sure right i mean it, it puts us in in a in a different mental state it helps us to uh access a different um part of the brain i guess and um so but anyway it's it relates to the moon and the goddess and even neptune typhon you know and if you look at like uh the church of satan or whatever they they their insignia has leviathan around the outside leviathan is typhon is the typhonic order of the oto they you know like this whole the opposite of the sun the involution uh decay force um it's it's i don't know it's very interesting the more and you learned, can see like going back to what's what's the famous uh statue from eliphas levy with the oh, guy Baphomet. upside, Baphomet is doing the sign of Typhon. That's it. Right. That's why his fingers are up there. Right, right. And as above, so below. The uh, order of right. like the. So uh, maybe like above is us and below is the underworld under the water. Like right. It's some kind of symbol of the underworld. I don't know. Very good. I don't know exactly what these <laughs> yeah. guys are thinking. Here's a really good piece of the occult. I've, have I shown you this picture of Jared Leto? I know I showed that guy is so, so suspect. Yeah, I know I've shown I've known there I've shown is, this yep. to, yeah. smiley face, of course. Right, smiley face, but look at his fingers. Right, that's so the, the mudra. First, right, right, right. So at the first glance, he's just hanging out. What time of day is that? It looks like a sunset, like or no, it, the it's the, the morning, day, right? Morning. It's not right. the sunset Sunrise. because there's no, uh, there's no like what do you call it? like it. it the sunset would be darker if that was it. I right. think it's coming up in the east. I could be wrong. Right. Well, but, but it's the transition period between dark day and night. So that so again, he's been up like all night, <laughs> and then he's got the smiley face in front of the water, making the sun a type on. So right. this is like a perfect exemplar of the occult, where you can message people through symbols. Yes. And the public will never know what the heck's going on. He, his hands are almost in the above below situation, but he looks yeah, very normal. Like hey. He's just hanging out by the water now. So that's like above the land and below, as above, so below. That's right. This guy and, runs like his own cult. I mean, oh yeah, dressed up like Jesus and shit. It's yeah. he gets real like, and the he charges money for his fans to come to some retreat where he like they they're in his uh, they like I guess they stay over at his house or something to just to hang out with him and. Who knows what happens when that when that goes on? Uh, yeah, there's they, all kinds of weird pictures of him. Like, yeah, yeah, and like, so he's very connected to the Hollywood mind control operations. I mean, his movies. He even he played the Joker, you know. Uh, and when he played the guy who killed Lennon, yes, right? that too. Yeah, and he was he's in Fight Club. He's in a bunch of these uh, movies, which are um, almost like like uh beacons or uh you know like some sort of um a place where we can figure the code you know where we can right. find he, in, these, in these movies yeah he was in the fight club scene where they're showing the smiley face remember when they did the smiley face he's sitting in yeah. 
the group. Like, and then Pitt walks up and makes the whole thumb symbol to his thumb. It's totally a cult, man. You, and their smiley faces littered throughout uh, Fight Club too, like in certain spots. So. so that's, I mean, this kind of insignia sharing these symbols is, uh, it's like, it's that's their language that the occult uses. And um, if you look at what these, I mean, what Hollywood movies, they are uh, spreading these symbols and these ideas, but also real life murders, real life in the news, they can also spread these ideas of like, uh, you know, there was a smiley face there, or they were submerged in water, or they were gone for this many days. We don't know what happened. Um, these could all be separate, uh, like these could all be clues that another occultist who understands these symbols can read them like a newspaper and be like, oh, yeah, okay. Uh, do you think Good that's point. the case? Absolutely. Okay. I think that there's a network or something's going on, like some weird stuff, groups of people. And I don't think it's huge, but I think it just seems like this is this phenomenon is there's something occult about it, something under right. surface. Um, they, uh, there was a case and I showed in my book, the, the case of his name was, um, Oh, he was a football player, but he, like he was out in, uh, Western Michigan and like uh, Colin Finnerty was his name. He was like the best, uh, B level or like, you know, they have the A squad and the B level colleges. He was mm -hmm. the best B level quarterback of all time. Like he won two national championships in a row, but he was out hunting or fishing disappeared and people are like where's his body they're looking around it's the same thing the same phenomenon people the family gets concerned the husband, the wife or the girlfriend like where is he they're looking they're sending out search parties and people and then he shows up face down not in water but kind of close to where people had already searched and somebody was curious about the case and they literally hired a remote viewer and the hmm. remote viewing the cia like protocols are you don't tell them anything you know, to right. keep the keep the whole situation sterile, you just say this person and this is it. What are you receiving? And it's in my book. The guy who did the thing let me uh, do it and or, uh, reprint it. And it showed, according to the remote viewer in, in Europe, didn't know his name, that according to the remote viewer, Finnerty was taken to certain places and it seemed like he was tortured with water or something like that and then replaced. So the remote viewer at different locations and like a place that was like a shed or something weird. Wow. So it's very strange. And it actually kind of fits in with the whole phenomenon, like what people are thinking, like what is going on with these people? And you can go back and, I mean, and look at my original 2017 documentary and it shows that same part. Like uh, it was Peter Christofferson, total occultist, friends with Genesis B. Orridge, uh, member of the uh, Thanateros like the luminance of Thanateros with Leary and all these other, you know, culture, counterculture people. They're all Satanist. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right. But, uh, or Luciferians or something like that. But he wrote, he did this thing for the Nine Inch Nails. He did directed a lot of videos, but he directed one called Broken. And in it, there's a quick sequence of somebody being drowned at something like in a BDSM thing. And 
he did the, the broken shows the same phenomenon of this kind of SFK where they're driving around town, they run into a young man, next eclipse to somebody being tortured and then like would ritually drowned or something. It's off the wow. charts. Yeah, it's really dark. And Christopherson was very, very dark character. That album itself, uh <clears throat> I remember it. I used to listen to uh, Nine Inch Nails, and that's a like there's different songs on that album like happiness in slavery you know uh there's other like where right that's it, about that's about like BDS. Life. yeah BDS. yeah and it's but it's like um it's it's as if like it's happiness in enslaving others too like being the one doing the torturing and um and that album has like a, a secret song kind of well it has a few it has like two or three but it'll if you play it it'll stop and then there's like a bunch of empty tracks and then like toward then after a long period of time of wait there's this other track which sounds like the cd is melting inside your cd player but it it is that song happiness and slavery but it's like really heavy and hardcore and it and it cuts through you don't it's not like a normal beat it like feels like it's cutting your brain you know it's really wow. it's like a science experiment uh, it's really interesting um but yeah trent reznor i'm sure is part of the cult you know that whole thing he had a side band called how to kill angels and that <laughs> is his title from uh christopherson's song coil it's from this band coil oh and i go coil. into coil so a lot yeah super dark yeah i go into coil and their philosophy and their ideas in my first documentary in the book i actually cover a lot of stuff yeah yeah that, i i remember tracy twyman was looking into that coil and she was looking into some of their videos and she was just so disgusted i remember oh no crowley uh images these guys were believed that just like crowley like their human effusions were sacred um hmm. christopherson worked at a morgue so he would spend time with dead bodies like yeah he's not normal dude this is not a normal guy right and he like directed uh what song for uh, uh, Rage Against the Machine? It was uh, Bulls on Parade. Huh. You can see his work. It's super gritty. I think he also directed uh, one with Burroughs, with Burroughs in it, and it was for the band Ministry. I think it was Just One Fix. I think they did Just One Fix. Right. Yeah, I remember Ministry, too. <laughs> Those guys kind of, uh, that Al Jurgensen kind of went off the, now, now. Oh, yeah, Total Crowley, I think. Total Crowley connection. Right. Like, uh, right. what was it? Uh Psalm 69 is from Crowley's Book of Lies. Right, right. But it's it's funny now how like in in the old days ministry was uh was such a force and now nowadays they uh, they promote Antifa. Wow, <laughs> and, really? I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah. They got a whole he's got an uh and a, a new album that came out during the uh, Antifa bull crap and they sing a song that. about Antifa and how great it is and it's i mean it's just like it's laughable like i watch it now and i'm like what a loser like this guy but i mean he's just doing his job he's you know uh being paid to create this stuff and push out these ideas you know so but i just think it's like his his handlers are like all right now you got to push antifa and he's like okay boss you know because i can't believe that he actually thinks those guys are smart but maybe anyway. that's just another thing like uh you know pushing the chaos right antifa yes. out on the streets causing yes. destruction and stuff so insight yeah, like, role like ona ideas or something. that's a good thing like we uh i wanted to bring that up about the 
09A. Now, we had an episode, uh, I guess, a while ago, a long time ago, where uh, you described to my listeners about the order of nine angles. And uh, the o, it's also called ONA. And this is a, um, uh, we described to the listeners how it is a, uh, it's a, it's a way of thinking, I guess. It's a philosophy that is uh, spread on the internet in forums and chat rooms uh, where it's, I described it as a mind virus. It's, uh, it infects people. And then instead of it being an actual order where you join and there's like, you know, you're tapped on the shoulder, like at a Freemasonry thing where you actually go to a, uh, you know, ceremony to become part of it. You, uh, you as a internet person finding this philosophy, you can take it in yourself and you can become, you can change your own mind and your own worldview. It's, um, right. You can do it individually. So it's not structured. It's unstructured ideas. Right. And so in this way, uh, it, like it would infect you. And then as you, uh, change your life and, uh, change your words and your actions, that will spread to others who will also learn this philosophy. So it's, it's been going, uh, since David Myatt, I guess in the seventies and, um, and it's grown and new members are writing new material and it's just kind of flourished into this, uh, I don't know. It's just this movement, I guess. And in, in the writings, they describe how to select an opfer, which is a, a, like a um, sacrificial victim, and how to uh, sacrifice that victim properly. And it tells you uh, to, uh, you know, look out for CCTV cameras, tells you to do it at night, tells you to uh, probably tells... Uh, I mean, does it even say to submerge the evidence in water? Does that, is that part of it? There's like some kind of weird fables that talk about putting people in water, but nothing overt. Okay. So I, I don't, I didn't get, I don't recall that. But yeah, the writing's like voluminous. I never got through all the writing. The stuff supposedly associated with the O9A is like 2,000 documents, 2,000 right. pages of documents. So the, the O9A encourages <clears throat> people to, uh, to access their inner Satan where they will join a group, which they don't really believe or, uh, subscribe to their, to the ideology, but they join the group to learn skills and to push themselves to see how immoral they can become like to, so David Myatt would like join a, um, a terrorist cell, or he would uh, join a occult order of some sort and uh, try to take on and become the most satanic to release the inner beast within him. Uh, do you, uh, is that, is that the case? Yeah. yeah. He said, he called him inside role. So you're creating chaos. So you would think this guy for who, from a Nazi background, who was a admirer. Well, they actually, I would call, they thought Adolf Hitler was like an avatar, but, go from there to 
radical Islam. So for the average person, they'd be like, what the heck? That's a radical, you know, deranged change. You just flipped over. But to Maya, that was just perpetuating more violence and chaos. So it was easy for him because he would really, and it was an insight rule. So he's learning from the Muslims. So he became part of like one of these, you know, Muhajadeen type people. So Right. So uh, a similar, uh, something that's kind of related uh, from our talk about performance with uh, Hans Utter that we did a couple weeks ago. We, we were talking about Hassani Sabah, who is the old man of the mountain. And he worked within the, uh, the Islam religion. And um, that was total mind control, where he could convince his followers to do anything uh, because of this worldview that they have been in, inculcated with. Uh, I think it might have something. I mean, the the ability to to convince people to go and kill without having any moral thought. I think that I mean that might be that was what the goal was for Hassani Sabah. He would say nothing is true, everything is permitted. <laughs> That's the opposite of reality. You know what I mean? Every, there is truth. And not everything is permitted. There are moral like laws of nature. And so by deconstructing them in their mind, by taking apart their moral compass, and by introducing them to this new uh, way of thinking, it, uh, they give up their own individuality to the cult. And then their actions become the work of the cult. And that's kind of what's happening with 09A. People, they, they give over their mind to this Satanism and then they change their life and their actions to align with that Satanic worldview. Um, and it's spreading. <laughs> right. No, it's crazy. It's kind of a leaderless with, with leader resist uh, group. So they like claim externally that it's leaderless. But you can go, and some of these people are clearly contacting some of the higher ups within the organization. So, but yeah, those those I think the internet really facilitated the spread of their ideology. I mean, they call them Nexians. They're basically cells, like terrorist cells, and they're all over the place. I mean, I found a lot of them. I have a full chapter in Global Death Cult on the Nexians. There, it's a very unique event. Like a lot, of, like Smiley Face Killers. A lot of these things are not. There's no, there's maybe a historical connection, but there's no basis for these things happening other than the, the advent of uh, mass world communication and travel, probably. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that, I mean, you, you can't trace the ideology in all those different spots because it must have come from the internet. It must be. Yeah. I think so. I think ONA, were, uh, its whole popularity is based on internet. Yeah. Right. And they have weird groups. Like, there'll be guys in, like, uh, Montenegro. You'll come across a cell with some kind of an Orthodox church that never existed before. And then in Russia, the Netherlands, Sweden, New York, Toronto. I mean. And these are all similar places to where we find smiley face murders. Is that? Close. Yeah, I think so. Close. I think okay. so. In Texas, like, wow, there's a there's an Nexian in Texas? What? 
So, right. I mean, it's not believable. But yeah, and even the founder, like the the so-called outer head, is from California. I think she's from Southern California. Or was in Southern California, and a woman. So, like, it's not necessarily all male, right? Right. Well, and they trick. They have uh, they their ideology puts uh, the female energy of Baphomet above, like uh, their their Baphomet is female, and uh, that's like their goddess. Um, so I think that they the the they value feminine energy higher than male energy. I think uh, just from looking at their the way that they operate. Yeah, but um, no, they, their 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 version of Baphomet is holding a headless body. You know, right? There's no body. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's thick, stuff. Like, in order to read all this stuff, like a normal brain is. I mean, just to, to come across an image of a woman holding a headless body and like, oh, this is your this is your goddess, like. There, there must be a lot psychologically going on with that. The O9A uh, materials. That, I mean, that should be a study in itself, just to see how it affects our brains to to read this stuff. You know, it no, only good point. That it would end well, up imagine like if you don't, if you're young, impressionable, if you've been in a highly suggestive state, or you went through trauma. So maybe that critical forefront brain isn't as pronounced in your thinking and you come across that like it could just like just right. any cult really right well right. i mean i think all cults w uh prey on weak-minded vulnerable people and if they're not vulnerable they wouldn't go into it right you know whatever it would be like whether they're doing something else or involved in sports or some other like drama mm -hmm. like some of these like the, you have to have time to get involved in these things and that's what these guys have you know how you, you look at all the cases of the guys in adam waffen and stuff they are they have just way too much time on their hands they're online all day talking on fascist websites just like i mean yeah and they, they had they didn't have a well-ordered life like they didn't have that thing where you're doing school then you're working and then you have a girlfriend and so all these things are taking up your time they didn't have that they were isolated so right. i think that like i mean clearly some of these people come across this material and go berserk you know they love it right and that that goes hand in hand with the destruction of our society that's i mean organized satanism and hollywood and has like destroyed the family and now kids growing up aren't trying to find a wife you know they're not trying to have kids um it's kind of and then what do you do <laughs> if you if you're not having kids and have, making a life like what well, I go it's crazy. I mean, think about how how the generations have changed. Like, right. I'm old enough to remember, like, my parents were together at 22, having kids, you know, 23. That was the time. Like, that would made sense to them. Right. And now people are, like, putting off kids or they're incels. Like, 30% of men have never, like, been with a woman. Like, this is crazy. Wow. Yeah, there's, wow. like, huge stats. Yeah, like, I've seen, it's, it's like, terrible. Japan is, like, gonna, they're, they're, uh, genetics are going to die off if if they're not careful because like the I've I've heard the statistics about in Japan uh they the males they don't try to find a, a girlfriend and they play video games and uh it's just they're just dying off it's I mean if you look at the eugenics operation so at the 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 depopulation 
that, you know, we've talked about it before <clears throat> on both of our shows about, you know, like they're intentionally trying to reduce the population so yeah. that they can have a, an easier time managing the entire population of humans on the planet. Um, this, the ideologies that they're pushing, this stuff that ever since Kinsey and the 60s sex revolution, and now they're, they're telling kids that they should chop off their, their genitalia. Um, it's, it's really ramping up a whole lot more. They, I mean, they couldn't kill all the people that have not been born because of their mind control, you know, like they've already gone so far. Like we probably would have had another billion people on the planet if it weren't for, um, the Good mind. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's the, I mean, I think that the deep pop, it doesn't just mean poisoning or giving you bad food. Right. It's about mind rape, like climate change and, you know, uh, these fake viruses or real viruses or whatever. Like right. it's it's like a full suite of black bag tools. So, right. and I think at the very top, it's just Satanism. It's Satan, and it just feeds down into the evil people's mind. And, and just like the elite and Satanism, it's it's Satanism is an ideology that's tailored for the elite because then they can just justify anything, and people are trash. Right, and it's uh, you almost you know. Yeah. It's, uh, like they think that they are, they, they see themselves as more evolved because they yeah. don't, they're not hindered by morality and ethics. <laughs> so, and they have the best blood and they have the most money. And the reason they have that is justified through a Darwinian worldview. Like, yeah, right. that's the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. And so if you die, that's my Darwinism and I'm, I'm perpetuating my own genes. That's why you almost never, I can't find any really rich person or well-off person who's died from COVID or injured or <laughs> kids are injured. I mean, there's very few. There was one uh, member of Congress whose daughter died unexpectedly or died suddenly, as they say. But it's, it's very strange. And the whole families were wiped out right. like in, in Tennessee and Alabama. It's like they got the Taylor Batch. It's literally like a James Bond movie. Right. It's, those batches were all – there were hot batches censored. Right. And, I mean – so if we look at the operations, like the one with <clears throat> like the COVID thing and the jabs, <clears throat> we can see that this, uh, this murder, these murders, uh, they fold right in to causing the fear and, uh, the causing people to comply with authority, um, Oh, it's a scary world out there. They're just going to steal us from the bar and kill us and leave us in the, you know, um, it's like, uh, like we're a bunch of chickens and they're foxes, you know, and they just come into the hen house and, um, yeah, wolves are sheep, right? Just like Damien right. Eccles said, yeah, wolves yeah. eat sheep. That's right. And if you look at the Fabian, Fabian socialism, the logo is a black wolf in a sheep's cloth cloth on its head like sneaking around you know so uh, so okay so um so i think that's an important point like these smiley face killers deaths are causing all kinds of sociological despair and pain like i'm at the you know i've studied this for like seven years now and the families are destroyed the mothers are lost they hunt for their 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 part of them is gone like yeah. they've lost a loved one like it's not the it's not the order of things you know? right and that's children are supposed to bury their parents that's the way it's supposed to be. right 
that I mean, and that really might be the goal of if it, I mean, if, uh, if demons do exist and non-corporeal entities are feeding on our pain and our misery and the emotions that we are feeling, um, they can suck off the teat of sorrow forever. Now that those mothers and those family members, um, like uh, I've done some work with Jerry Marzinski and he describes the, the voices of schizophrenia, um, how it is like, it's an organized system that has certain goals. Like they are, it's basically demons. I mean, people should listen to those Jerry episodes, uh, non-corporeal entities, which are infecting us, infesting us. And, um, they work together with psychopaths. I mean, psychopathy uh, works hand in hand with this, uh, these operations of the, of the dark cult, uh, demons and such. Um, how many of these serial killers are in contact? We know Dahmer was reading, um, yes. Satanic handbook. How many of these guys are, and he was watching, what was it? Exorcist two with like the ritual stuff. Yeah. Like, how many of these guys are involved? We know sons of Sam. We know, uh, Ramirez, right. we know Manson. Um, I mean, the list is very long. It's just a, like all, just about all of them. All like all the ones from McGowan's book there seem to have uh, satanic cult leanings. Uh, and you know, if you, and also another thing, like uh, like I mentioned the jesters earlier, the uh, Freemasonic order of the jesters. Their logo is like a smiley face kind of. It's like this laughing little laughing clown guy, and uh, they are they are all um, they are uh, cops and judges, and they are they hold the 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 strings of of the government's investigations, and um, I believe that they allow certain people to go free. And they control certain investigations. And I, I like uh, if you look at um, George W. Bush uh, pardoned. He only pardoned one person from death row in Texas, and that was uh, guy uh, from the Hand of Death cold or whatever, yes. right? Now. Yeah, Henry. Anybody Lee in the chat knows that guy's name. What's the guy's name yeah. from Texas? Hand of Death. Henry Lee Lucas. Henry Lee Lucas. Yeah, he's like, a piece of work. Right, but he couldn't have done all those murders. Right, and it's like those cops used Henry Lee Lucas to clear the all the books of all these other satanic kills that they had to do something with. So they found the lone nut, and then they applied all the killings to him, and that kind of cleans up all of the uh, mess of their cult, you know, so that they right. can wrap it up in a bow and then case closed. Um, I think that might be, do you, I mean, do you find that that is the case here? Do you think there are any cops that are working to cover up any of these uh, investigations or killing? I think that the government is trying to keep it clamped down. Absolutely. They do not want to create panic. The financial consequences of warning parents of this it is immense. Colleges would lose money. So the entire like civic economy of some of these cities would be affected. So yes, I think the incentive is to kind of like we're not going to panic people. Interesting. Uh, 
And I don't, I don't think yes. And that's kind of the case. It wasn't Pittsburgh. Like there's been enough deaths in some of these cities that you'd be warned, you know, there should be a warning, like a stop sign. Right. Be careful. Do not get drugged <laughs> and go, don't go out alone. You know, I'm serious. Like right. in Austin, there were so many deaths in Chicago back to back to back that the government should have said something. They denied it. Like they publicly said, well, yeah, no, we're not doing this. So that uh, seems that like- actually happened in Boston. The Boston police chief came out and said, we find nothing there, guys. There's nothing to nothing to worry here. Kind of like the guy, the mayor in uh, Jaws, you know. Oh nothing yeah. Nothing to see. Everybody go back. Right. Everybody Get back in the water. Everybody. Yeah. yeah. But everybody who's looking at that knows that's just a bunch of nonsense. Wow. Everybody who's studied these cases enough knows it's blown. Wow. There's something to worry about. You got to watch out. I mean, and nobody's safe, right? It's not safe at night. It's not safe for women or men anymore. Right. So this. Um... So this happens, you mentioned drugging um, uh, that we know from, you know, like everybody knows that date rape and roofies and stuff. And so women know to not let their drink go unattended and and whatnot. But um, so uh, it that is the case where a lot of these people have been drugged, uh, GHB um, and, and roofies. And then, I mean... I mean Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. You have to see the Gannon Gilbertson book because they really got kind of autopsy material, blood work done, like re- with resources that I don't have or the skills really like Gilbertson knew what to do. And these guys, all a lot of them had GHB. They acted funny. They're, they were acted out of character. Some like the assumption is these guys are drunk, not all drunk. Like one guy has one or two beers and starts acting strange. That's not enough to like lose control. So somebody's drugging them. Um, and so uh, I think a lot of these drugs and it's an epidemic in certain bars, like women get drugged, men get drugged. Uh, right. There were drug gangs now. So there were two gangs caught, one in New York City and one in Austin. And they were going to bars and drugging people and taking their money. Huh. So what if they were drugging people and they knew they were drugged and take their money and then maybe something went wrong. And they said, well, let's just throw them in a river and we'll just hopefully nobody will figure it out. Yeah, could be that. Yeah, I think that I mean the fact that they're that they are fit men. Uh, it's necessary to drug them, and GHB has a uh, component like it erases the memory. The short-term memory doesn't function while you're high on that stuff, so it's just a blank memory hole, you know. And um, I know, like from. Uh, from uh being a a kid that parties you know i've i've seen people that use ghb they don't always use it for date rape purposes you know they like um people that take other drugs will combine the ghb with that and then it enhances the other drug more so maybe the ghb is um that's to incapacitate them, but also maybe when they have them held hostage, they're giving them other drugs too, like truth serum or whatever type of mind altering. So there was one guy, God, who had drugs in him that he wasn't prescribed. So mm-hmm. like they found impramine or something else. I forgot what the drug was. You have to go back and read my book. Like yeah. according to Gilbertson and Gannon, they, they were, somebody was drugging them while captured. Wow. And like the, 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 creepiest thing about this whole phenomenon is like these guys aren't dead when they're disappear right so like Rick, some of these guys have only been dead for 24 hours yeah 
So the the forensics shows that they haven't been dead the whole time that they were missing, right? right. So what is what do you think that is? They're uh, kept somewhere for whatever purpose, tortured, whatever. Um, you know, it's just I mean I think they undergo the most horrible thing, man. Like an abduction happens, you know. Like some of these women that the guys who are serial killers of females, sometimes they capture them and like keep them a couple of days, right? Right. So um, or whatever. I mean, there was a guy in Ohio, right? Didn't he have like three women in his house for 20 years or something like that? Right. Yeah. So Yeah, and he mind-controlled them to think that they should stay there. Like, I think that they, yeah, that whole thing. Like, they felt bad when they tried to escape. (laughs) Right. That happened to a girl here in California, too. Like, people, she just disappeared off the street, and they found her, or that smart girl in um, Utah. Like, somebody snatched her out of their house. Like, so the people, you know, like we the theme of this from the beginning, these people don't think like the average person. They're right. they're on a different. So maybe the death isn't the purpose. Maybe their true purpose of why they do it happens within that span of time that they're missing because they need to have an op for or a, a victim for this specific type of torture that they want to please this specific demon at this specific date when the moon right. is right, you know. Maybe. And that, so they catch them early, like they go out and rustle somebody, you know. Right. And, and I've likened this to that. like old cattle rustling in the 19th century. You don't go back to the same ranch that you stole the cow from last time, right? Right. So, right. like, I mean, if you're thinking, I mean, if that's not highest level thinking, it's just like you don't rob the same bank twice. Right. So you go do something else. You go somewhere else or travel around or just like but Daisy then, was doing, right? But then you got Lady Bird Lake where seems like it's uh, happening in the same place over and over again. No doubt. Yeah, Do you think it's maybe true. they're getting sloppy or they're just, maybe there's more know. people doing it? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, maybe there's more people involved. Yeah. You know, maybe there's something even more sinister. Like, right. I don't know. Like, I, I don't, you know, I think some of these guys, like they're just, I think the added, the value of life isn't what it was like back in the, kind of 50s or 60s and it's different so maybe some of these bartenders are like bitter and angry and the hmm. bouncers are too and you know maybe maybe somebody, yeah maybe they get angry like they're people have thought weird things about the bouncers like this guy zach Marr, he's at the bell and hand tavern in downtown boston he goes out for a smoke and then the the the, the bouncer says you can't go back in so that was just there you know, let me back in. Without his coat, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so he's walking around out front and then disappears. And then he's found in the St. Charles. Like, that's weird. And why aren't the police looking into that? Like, oh, yeah, Zach Marr just wandered <laughs> off and, and couldn't swim. The guy was like 22. Like, right. like, they think that they just fall in water and then, like, they just give up. Like, you can't swim out or something. It's so strange. Yeah, Boston itself is... Uh... Like it's, it's an occult center. Like that's, you know, uh, since the beginning, I guess, uh, since the beginning of America, like the occultists have been staking their claim in Boston. And um, like the, the fact that there are so many colleges, like that's like one of the biggest college towns ever. So um, like I'm from North of Boston originally. And okay. uh, it reminds me of that famous line from Spinal Tap. Yeah, don't worry about Boston. It's not a college town. Like it says the exact opposite. <laughs> yeah, right. You gotta watch the Bible. <laughs> I mean, it's in the in the autumn, all of a sudden the the population of Boston grows by like fifty percent or more. Like the amount of college students, it just 
it's huge and in the summer it like there's the population disappears it's very strange, wow, strange. and there's lots of asians uh lots of, because of the, the the schools it's like mit and cambridge and you got like uh, these other um and boston university like owns like huge portions of boston like it's like they they own the property you know and the streets and so there's a lot i think there's uh some old occult orders are operating there for a long time i mean look at william well uh the the governor of of massachusetts for a while there uh i was just talking about with um with the psyop cinema guys about how william weld is connected to tuesday weld and i did an episode with julia of cosmic peach talking about tuesday welds heritage and that's like boston brahmins goes back to the royalty of england and like the city of london and so that boston is kind of like a, a main hub of those dark occult orders so it doesn't doesn't surprise me at all that there's a lot going on plus boston is a port town and it's like water everywhere you know and um there's all places of opportunity for someone who uses the modus operandi of of the smiley face killings uh to go nuts in boston really so um can you can you tell us a, a little bit more about the more uh the more recent cases uh these are, is there anything different about the more recent ones or is it just more of the same different victim pool so like i think originally it was perceived that this was like white caucasian victims college age and it's kind of like grown out now it's a lot of south asian or indian type people people of that ethnicity and a lot of african-americans a lot in chicago i think that there were african-americans and latinos too so uh it seems like it's changed a little bit or the, the victims have changed but uh Asians too. It's very strange. So yeah, they're different in different cities like Houston. Like I would never it was not on my radar. So there were three in Houston, Austin, like you mentioned, Vancouver, mm -hmm. and there's other hotspots like Portland is really crazy. Uh, I have right. to put those in there. There's something called the San Francisco Four that I need to put back in the book. So it's it's still having, but it seems to be an urban center phenomenon. Right. Has to. It's not rural very rare you know not as common it does happen but it's really the major cities or the out environs or outlying areas of major cities interesting so uh so how long has this been happening this has been happening since uh 70s well they say like i put in the first chapter of the book and the first segment is victim zero patrick o'neill 1997 oh and there may be a few okay, cases sorry. just like i was talking about gacy or something no that's right Right, right. But it really seems to have taken off this phenomenon in the last two decades. So, so it is strange. I mean, there were the mob was dumping bodies in, in the rivers and water. So that was like a body place, body removal place. So, and the nature uh, of water, it washes away the DNA evidence. DNA I mean, it's useful proof, yeah. for uh, uh, killers. Um, so, 97, that's interesting. That's like right after the internet. Pretty yeah, much. yeah, yeah, right. So it's like somebody on some like message board or some secret group. Uh, AOL you know, chat. Changing. Yeah, something. Right. I mean, they're like that. I mean, I've been watching like the Catch a Predator things. They're just, they're gnarly, but they're clearly oh, yeah. communicating you what they through what they think are encrypted stuff. Like I think it's uh, 
I can't remember the uh, I can't remember the sites they're going to, but man, Instagram you talk about- and YouTube has like pedophiles talking yeah, to you- each other and like yeah, sharing. Twitter used to too. Yeah. yeah. Whoa. No, but it's a uh, uh, telegraph or a telegram and something else. But they're doing it. These guys are depraved. They yeah. are freaking sick. Like yeah. they are talking like toddler youth exchanging abusing kids. Yeah. Like you, I mean, you want to have giving advice day. on how to abduct them and how to do oh, things. No, it's yeah. a horror show. It's there, and the, the thing is, is like there's two guys that I've watched. They just go travel around and bust people all day. It's amazing. I mean, like uh, Predator number three thirty one, Predator three thirty two. <laughs> wow. And there's one guy who got shot doing. You're doing God's stuff. work, busting yeah, all these. His people. name is Alex Alex Rosen. You can look it online. But if you want to have a bad day and insight into how bad it can get the most recent one was just like this guy should be put to death man no, yeah man, these guys there's no uh you can see kind of in the old testament where people like in the old testament prohibitions against bestiality and you know depraved behavior why it was a death penalty because it pollutes all of society like if somebody's going to have sex with an animal like what else are they going to do? Right. Like, this is like a no go zone. Right. To death. Yeah. You know, that's so, right. I mean, same thing with like killing an animal, like, you know, um, Dahmer and all the other killers, like they practice on animals, you right. know, oh, that, that's a good sign. It was three things. All serial killers have in common is bedwetting, lighting fires and killing animals. Wow. It's like you two, they all have two out of three or something like that. That's yeah. interesting. I've also learned that bedwetting is, uh, is not all the time, but it is uh, an uh, indicator indicator, right, of sexual abuse. Yep. Uh, as a child, that's that's what I've heard too. And that, like, and that type of abuse changes the child, and no it, doubt, you know. So yeah, like you said, the 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 spreading of the ideas of things like bestiality and killing destroys society. And no and then we look at what is O nine A, like what it it is those ideologies pushed everywhere for free on the internet. And people they had are, this guy, this O N A related guy. His name was Angel Almeida, and just the gnarliest stuff, like literal groups of like he was an O nine A member, but also like child CP. So the nth, like the worst stuff, like horrible. And they have different, like I'd never heard of some of the groups that he was involved in, but it's a, it's an important aspect of the ONA that right. people maybe not want to talk about or overlook or whatever, but it's like, they are nihilistic. They did not have like right. that notion of like, okay, this is an adult and that's, you know, that's, that doesn't exist. It's not even like hazy not it's not like a blurred line it's like that line just doesn't exist yeah it's just open open like to use the that victim for their pleasure whatever it doesn't matter to even learn about how that could be pleasurable like the 09a teaches people that it's oh it's a good idea to do these sacrifices it helps you you become better like um it's really insidious And I mean, if you look at if you look at the way the dark occult operates and if you look at how Damien Eccles was rewarded for his sacrifices of those children, um, 
you know, you look at Johnny Depp thinks he's a hero, like, um, you know, Peter Jackson, Peter Jack- Dixie yeah. Chicks, yeah, Sarah yeah. Silverman, the dude from the Black um, Flag, there, the, um, the yeah, Henry Rollins, um, like, Henry Rollins. Oh, loves him. Like, it's really sick, and it seems to me that uh, it's like uh, they're proving their immorality, and then they're proving to the cult that they are this useful. I can do these things for the cult, and then, and it also uh, the shockwave that the Damien Eccles thing sent into the minds of us was so uh, it was very impactful. And the fact that all these people, they, I mean, they know that they're, that these kids, that, that these teenagers are guilty for harming these poor children and they still want them to be free. Like they, they, they deny truth. They they want to reward the killers and society has created that so and now damien eccles is famous for being a killer um and that that is an example to all of these 09a people who are reading this stuff and thinking oh yeah i can attain power by killing children good point they called the guy uh his name was hussein his last name was daniel hussein d-a-n-y-a-l they called him the lottery killer because he was going to go into this demon pact and win the lottery. That was his point. Huh. And he was he was fully associated with guys who were writing O nine A materials, wedding wow. or whatever his name is. Wow, that's a weird story because I actually was on a show with EA Quitting thirteen years ago. Like when I was first coming out, I was on something called True Stream Radio, and they like uh, literally didn't tell me. He was going to come on. They tried to like have a little inside joke, which I don't think was funny. Very funny. No, that's so not funny. Was funny. And uh, he ended up getting in trouble. I think they kicked his YouTube channel off. But, yeah, it's not his real name. Yeah. Wow. You've been in, in Utah. He lives in Utah, so they come in different stripes all over the place. But he was running something called Bold Become a Living God. So that was huh. uh, that was their message board, right? So that goes back to the message board. So somebody was on that message board, this Daniel Hussein. My cat is bothering me. Go away. Um, I think my leg is like a scratch pattern. <laughs> but yeah, so that so that's like the message board where people are exchanging information, right? Right. So these might be these people doing this phenomenon might be exchanging. They might be exchanging post, you know, abduction information with right. like different things. Like if you go back and look at um pulp fiction right they had all kinds of code words. go away they had all kinds of code words one was uh you know hey zed i got a couple of flies right or whatever he says mm-hmm. so then zed drives over so uh flies in the web so maybe that's what you know there's right. like and the the pedophiles have their own jargon right so they yes. have their own jargon so maybe somebody like this has their own please don't know it yet that's a good point yeah, because I mean, they're not only creating a worldview. I mean, they could be. I mean, they do create new words like opfer and um, nexion. Cheese pizza, oh, dogs. <laughs> right? Yeah, they use them in different contexts. Right? Oh, you like cheese pizza? I like cheese pizza too. You know, they don't know what they're talking about, but they really are talking about right. Right. But then you know, then we Walnut see that once <laughs> we learn uh, what a map is or what you right, know a map. You know, a napkin is napkin, right. Yeah. Right. That's right out of the Podesta emails. Man. Exactly. 
Exactly. And we saw that that painting in those Podesta emails we see. So it is there to be seen. It is it is there for our eyes to be wide open, but we're all keeping them shut, you know. Um, True. So, uh, so do you, with all of this, do you think that these killings are a result of black magic rituals? Just, I, I, I don't know. I mean, but I think that these are dark people in an underground kind of environment, and you, you just see a lot of that cropping up um, in the world now. I think it's becoming like it's the days of Noah, like the Bible yeah. would say. So uh, I think that that's where they're at. Whether like they're using um, rituals or not, they're doing it. They're committing the crime. Whether how thoughtful they are, whether they're trying to poison the psychosphere, whether you're into kind of like true detective land, mm-hmm. some pagan stuff. I mean, they brought up all this pagan stuff in the whole Delphi murders, right? Like Odinism and like that guy, th- those two defense attorneys for, I forgot what his name was. They wrote a 135-page like uh, filing about like Odinism, and then they proved. I think somebody proved that the some of the stories were true. That the cops in the area were wearing Odin patches. Huh. So like we're in a completely different environment. Like, right. what does Odinism demand? What do the gods demand? It's always some kind of weird, bloody, fiery ritual or some crazy stuff. Huh. And um, Odin is the one-eyed god, you know, like that whole sure. thing. I mean, so I don't, my point is, is that I don't know exactly what's going on with these cases. I know the phenomenon's happening, mm-hmm. but what the full motive of these individual perps. So right. I don't know. I, don't know. I guess we'll never know until we find one of those killers. We find one. Well, I have a section. Of, I have a section in my book. There's a young man named Josh in Boston. Just like we mentioned, Mar. There's a lot of things that happened downtown. There, Bobby Hurley. Um, there was another case. His name Ketterling or something like that. Anyway, this kid, Josh, I, you know, he was on a show. He came out of TD Garden. He went to go take a leak at the river and passed out. And he woke up in the hospital. But they had pictures of him. And he was face down in the water. And there was some guy with glasses there holding on to him. And then some other group came in and rescued him. And the guy in the glasses, nobody nobody asked him how he knew what he was doing over this young man's body. Wow. And he had, like, uh, a bruise on his head. His ear was bleeding. And that guy got away. So that could have been the key. Like the police should have found that guy and said, right. what's your name? What are you doing? Why Why were you holding on to him? Why did you know he was in the water? Like, right. how did this happen? And yeah. that could have been the key to opening up. So I think there's probably, and if you read the lives of serial killers, they get out of scrapes all the time and then finally get busted. Like they right. confrontation with the police. They're talking to the police. Um, something, you know, there's just something where they like, or all, whether it's Dahmer or Gacy or some of these right, guys in yeah, California. They brought the victim back into Dahmer's apartment that time. Yeah, yeah, and wow. so they get away with it. So I think that this is the same thing because the cops aren't looking for it. Right. So they're not looking for this, but, I mean, that could have been a murder. This young guy, Josh, this is November 2022, a year ago. Like, it could have been a murder, and, the, the, yeah, well, whatever. He just fell in the water, he had a bruise, and he almost drowned, you know. Like, wow. You could and have you, broken the whole network of all the Boston drownings open with finding that one guy. I can find, right. I mean, this is incredible. Like, I'll show it to you. It's off the charts. Let me see if I can find it. You'd think Boston, they have so much to do. Like, there's so many crimes going on that the cops the don't cops want to The cops are exhausted. They're demoralized. You know, there's all kinds of stuff. Like, I mean, the cops are probably just like, I don't want to put this, I don't want to, you know, 
And if it's like in. a drunk college student, they don't care. Like they don't want to help some like, oh yeah, you got drunk and got lost. Don't bother us. You know what I mean? Like it seems because um, a, a college age male should be able to fend for himself. And like, why, you know, this is where he was in the water. He's like right outside of TD garden. Right. Like you can go oh, watch, watch this. There. Okay, go ahead. 18-year-old leaving Celtics game here screams for help, saves me on drowning at TD Garden. Can you unmute that so that we can I hear? have to put it out. There, oh. okay. There's oh, the yeah. guy right there. Wow. There he is. So, yeah, he looks Who is like, that guy on the left? Yeah, he looks like at least That's not like the guy saving him. Yeah. Yeah, he looks like he's in his 50s, I don't maybe. I want to see Britney Spears. Get out. <laughs> like pause, pause. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the guy. That's not the guy who saved him. Interesting. Like they didn't find him. Like what he was doing. The cops didn't ask any questions. Look at—he almost looks like a doctor. Like why? Like glasses. Maybe he's handling the whole situation. Maybe that's a higher uh, up in the cult, and he's making sure it all gets like, like handled properly. You know? Yeah. Um, wow. I mean, it's so crazy. This this thing. I'm glad it's that the, and this is all over the news. Like, I mean, and this guy, I'm not going to name his name. I'm glad the news has it. At least uh, the news is putting it out. I mean, do you think the that maybe... victim was on a podcast and you can see also, uh, there's a link to it in my book and you can listen to that podcast and he's talking about what happened to him. He doesn't remember it. And the, the hosts are like, hold on. There was a guy standing over you. Where's the police? Where do we find him? And they're, they're just like, we got to find this guy. We got to wow. see what the heck happened. That guy could have been a serial killer. It's unbelievable. Wow. Yeah, I got to wrap this up. So. Okay. Okay. So um, we can, where can we find your book? Uh, you can get it on Amazon right now. I'm actually finishing up the audio book today. And awesome. And I have a Kindle version and uh, you can get a paperback copy on Amazon. You can get a signed copy at my website, WilliamRamseyInvestigates.com. Wonderful. I hope everybody gets a signed copy as well, because uh, that's, that's a good way to to get around Amazon and their fine, their fines and their fees. Fees, uh, yeah, they take all the money. I mean, it's yeah. worse than a publisher. Right. It's crazy. And uh, we can also find your previous book on O9A, uh, Order of Nine Angles, at the same place, right? Correct. You can find it at the same place. You can also buy copies of my website, William Ramsey Investigates. And I have actually opened, I've uploaded all of my documentaries. All five of my documentaries are now involved on my Patreon. So if you pay five bucks a month, you can just sit back and watch me drone on on all these subjects. Awesome. So and your Patreon is uh, uh, William Ramsey Investigates. Yeah, I'll put a. I'll send you a link. It's William. It's Patreon.com forward slash William Ramsey Investigates. I think. Awesome. Awesome. I will put that as well uh, in the show notes, and uh, so and they can find your podcast, William Ramsey, William Ramsey Investigates. Investigates. That's right. iTunes, Spotify, wherever. Wonderful. favorite podcasts are found awesome yeah and you are in the top uh ranking of, of top 0.5 percent in the world yeah so That's i'm just great. looking for somebody to have like a beef with or some kind of artificial <laughs> conflict so i can get some more listening so if you find anybody anybody who wants to like just really have yeah, a can, really bloodthirsty you know we'll have a rat and then, then oh. fix it like in two weeks just okay. like Joe Rogan and uh, Alex Jones did. Oh. You remember they beefed for like two weeks? Yeah, and yeah. And it's like, oh, everything's fine. That's good. That's Maybe you I'm, and I can work something out. We're, yeah, let's what? do it. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. We've got to find some topic, really juicy topic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm going to accuse you of being a smiley face Maybe I'll accuse you of being a flat earther and you can Yeah, no, that's it. I'll accuse you of being a smiley face killer and you'll accuse me of being a flat earther. Okay, that'll work. 
that'd be great. We'll get we'll get so many more listeners. To oh, both dude, people love it. They love it. They love conflict, man. They eat that. I know some. I'm not going to name their names, but I know somebody who like had a literal beef with somebody and like their listenership like doubled or something. I think I know who you're talking about. Actually, We'll talk about it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) All right, man. Thank you so much for joining us. And we'll see you next time. Thank you listeners for joining us and we will catch you next time on Wake the Dead. Cheers. Bye-bye. Okay.